0: Welcome to This Week in Video Games episode 50. My name is Tom Kershaw and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So, this week I've been playing Streets of Rage 4, it's a throwback to mid 90s scrolling beat em ups. I've also managed to get my hands on Ring Fit Adventure, so, I've been checking out Nintendo's fitness focused RPG. I also sat down and had a chat with Julia Hardy to talk about her podcast, This Game Changed My Life, her fitness livestreams, Game to Train, and some lockdown game and TV recommendations. It's a jam-packed show, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're well and you're having a good week. I'm good this week and we've made it to episode 50 of the This Week in Video Games podcast wow you know it's been quite a journey and i'm really really happy to reach this milestone i originally started this out as my own kind of creative endeavor but it's grown beyond my initial imagination from the podcast to the youtube channel and the website so to everyone out there who listens the community i've built in discord thank you for listening and engaging in the conversation i couldn't do it without you and so here's to the next 50 episodes and let's see where this thing goes So I've been keeping up with the news roundup shows in between the main shows, so if you haven't had a chance to check them out, please do so on your favourite podcast app or on YouTube. You can find them in the same feed as this podcast, so hopefully you've been listening to those. There are mini bonus episodes out every few days and everything you need to know in video game news wrapped up in just a 10 minute package. So check it out and let me know what you think through iTunes reviews or YouTube comments. I do read every comment I get and I try to respond to them all and I definitely value what you think. Right, so let's get into what I've been playing this week. This week I've been playing Streets of Rage 4 and I'm a big fan of games like this so it was nice to jump back into the genre after such a long time. It brought back some great memories of going around my friend Jamie's house and shout out to you man, playing old broken arcades in his garage. I've also been making my way through Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and once again, I've failed to finish it in time for the podcast. I'm sorry, but I'm taking my time with it, and I'm really enjoying it so far, so if you haven't played it, i definitely, definitely recommend it. I think I'm going to run out of time, though, because I really want to play The Last of Us before the second one comes out in a few weeks, so I really need to get a move on. I've also been trying out Ringfit Adventure after managing to get my hands on a copy. So I don't think I've ever been to lengths like this to get a video game before. I found out about the wonderful world of stock alert websites as RingFit Adventure had been sold out all over the place recently, so I had some alert set up, they went off, I'd rush to the website, I'd try and buy it, and I was always too late until a few weeks ago when Amazon France had a copy and they delivered it pretty quickly. So I'll give you my impressions on that later on in the show. Otherwise, I've been keeping up with Destiny and getting into some legacy content. I've actually gone back and I've been playing through a lot of the Forge and the Reckoning content. So they are activities that came out at the start of 2019. It's been really good fun, actually. I've been making some guides on some older weapons and builds. So if that's something you're interested in, check out my YouTube channel for guides on how to level up your Guardian, as well as a few opinion pieces on the latest changes in the game. And talking of changes, Luke Smith came out recently to tease the Destiny community about the next steps for the franchise and some changes that all sound super positive, so I'll go over those later on. First of all this week, let's have a look at Streets of Rage 4. It's been 16 years since the last Streets of Rage release and since that time scrolling beat'em ups have been left behind in the previous millennium, until now. So Streets of Rage is back with the fourth iteration of the game and it's been upgraded with modern graphics, great music and that familiar feel. Scrolling beat'em ups hold some of my fondest memories in gaming from the early days in arcades on Eastbourne and Brighton Pier. Back in the day when arcades had graphics way beyond what a home console was capable of, I used to spend hours playing Final Fight, The Simpsons, and Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles arcade games. Some of the best scrolling beat-em-ups of their day. I was lucky that a friend of mine's dad used to repair arcade machines, so I'd go around his house and in his garage he'd have arcades where well, you didn't need to put the money in, you'd just simply select how many lives you wanted and we'd sit there for hours playing Neo Geo and Capcom classic titles. So wind forward a few years and the original Streets of Rage trilogy came out on the Mega Drive and these weren't quite the perfect arcade recreations but it was the first time that you could have impressive graphics at home and it was a huge leap from what we'd been used to on NES and Master System. So Streets of Rage 2 sticks in my mind the most with its over-the-top characters, colourful and vibrant designs and of course, fantastic music. Streets of Rage series didn't make it out of the 90s and the genre has since pretty much died out, with games becoming more complex, engaging and, uh, to be honest, a lot more fun these days. Streets of Rage 4 comes onto the scene in 2020 looking to inject new life into the beat up genre and dealing heavily in the currency of nostalgia. I wish I could have a look at the game through the eyes of someone who's never played these games back in the 90s to see if they truly hold up today. Streets of Rage 4 is a fan-made homage to the original series, much like other games that have been brought back to life recently. So Nostalgia is doing really well right now with other big 90s series coming out in 2020. Streets of Rage 4 is quite unique though, as it tackles a style of game that's faded away almost completely in the AAA space. The gameplay of Streets of Rage 4 largely stays the same as its previous incarnations of the series, however the graphics have had a complete overhaul by developer Lizard Cube. They're the ones who took on another 90s classic previously with Wonder Boy, a game that Game Gear fans will remember. The artwork is cel-shaded, colourful and looks like a comic book that you can control. It really brings the action to life. There's the option to turn on the retro filter, allowing you to experience the updated game in full 16-bit glory, which if you have the nostalgia for the 90s games, then i definitely recommend this mode. When you first start the game, you have four characters to choose from. You've got Axel, Blaze, Cherry and Floyd. So Axel is your all-rounder, Floyd is bigger and moves a little bit slower, whereas Blade and Cherry are much more nimble. Each character has standard punch or kick attacks, holds and suplexes, as well as a special attack. Be wary of the special attack though as it will drain some energy and once you build up enough energy there's also a super attack as well. There's some nice attacks that you can chain together and the damage numbers and combos are reflected on the screen. Attacks certainly are true to the original form of Streets of Rage and I think this is both good and bad. It feels authentic for sure, however it can get a little bit button mashy and repetitive. The combo system is the saving grace of the battle system with the ability to juggle enemies in the air. More so with some characters than others. Out of the original characters, I probably had the most fun with Cherry as combos include a lunge with her jumping forward and pounding her opponents with a follow-up punch that sends tingles down your spine. The developers definitely have injected plenty of fun and feels into the game. There's some nice systems in the game to keep you entertained and coming back for more including unlockable features including characters and graphical styles. There's a leaderboard and grading system to let you know instantly how you did. There's a classic story mode which isn't too long, in the region of a few hours or so, and once you finish the story you can unlock other game modes such as stage select, arcade, boss rush and battle mode. As well as the graphical upgrades, the soundtrack is awesome too. Some of the original components are back including Yuzo Koshiro and Mutohiro Kawashima to produce fantastic pieces of music to accompany the action. Lizardcube worked with Guard Crush, another studio that have dipped their toes into scrolling beat em up genre before with something called Streets of Fury. So Guard Crush has taken good elements from the past and updated them to feel modern, applying a nice layer of polish on what could have been a below average game. Streets of Rage 4 can be played through in single player mode, however the classic co-op mode is back. This time there's online matchmaking allowing you to team up with other players and this is a really really nice addition. Back in the day, with another player on arcades, this was great fun, and that was brought into the living room with console gaming. So the addition of online play is great, and it's also pretty straightforward. Overall, Streets of Rage 4 is a nostalgic trip down memory lane, so scrolling beat-em-ups have almost completely disappeared from modern gaming. So this is a nice reminder of those times. Whether it stands up on its own is another story against many other great titles that are vying for your time these days. I did have fun with it though and I played it on Xbox Game Pass on PC, part of my monthly subscription there. I was thinking when I was playing it I don't know if I'd be happy if I paid full price for the game as I don't think it's going to have too much longevity for me. For fans of the genre this is most likely the best it's going to get on modern consoles and it's a wonderful trip down memory lane. So the game comes from Lizard Cube and Guard Crush. it's available on PS4, Switch, Xbox One and PC and was originally released on April the 30th 2020 and I gave the game a final score of 72 out of 100. So let me know what you think of the game by signing up to patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames. By signing up to any tier on Patreon you can send in comments, questions and feedback to the podcast and I'll make sure I read them out on the next episode. Well next up let's have a look at Ring Fit Adventure. Nintendo isn't new to the fitness game genre with the success of Wii Fit years ago but Nintendo is back with a new and improved version called Ring Fit Adventure. It's not just a novelty either this one will make you feel the burn and it's the perfect game for current times. Ring Fit Adventure successfully blends an RPG, fitness equipment and the variety of sensors and inputs on Nintendo Switch to create an entertaining package that gamifies workout sessions perhaps better than I've ever seen before. There's the classic Nintendo polish a hero, a big boss to take down and gorgeous graphics. The game comes with a couple of attachments, you've got the pilates ring called a ringcon which you attach one joycon and a strap which you tie around one of your legs and put the other joycon in. Used together this can provide Fit adventure with the info it needs to guide you around a world of fitness. I say guide but this game really puts you through your paces. I wasn't expecting to sweat as much as I have done whilst playing this game and it's certainly the best home workout I've tried outside of watching fitness YouTube videos. Throughout the main activities in the game you'll be pulling the pilates ring, lunging, running on the spot and getting into yoga positions. Wii Fit was a success for Nintendo however it was more of a kind of copy what you see on the screen kind of experience. Ring Fit Adventure however is what it says it is, it's an adventure. So it looks like it's been made with the Breath of the Wild engine to create this world and this is equally a video game and fitness experience with characters, and world to explore, side quests and bosses to take down. Nintendo has tinkered with technology like this leading up to this point so Wii Fit is well known but there's also the Nintendo Vitality sensor which never saw the light of day. Although there are remnants of this found in Ring Fit Adventure as after a fitness routine you can read your pulse to help you provide more information to the fitness report at the end of your session. I really like how Ring Fit Adventure takes care of you when you open up the game to stretch out and your companion is always reminding you to top up on water and take a break if you want to. At the end of a session you ease out the game with a stretch routine and you can tweak the difficulty levels at any time so if you feel tired or worn out then you can adjust things. You can equally turn the settings up too so it works both ways. Nintendo has balanced the hardware and interaction with this game to perfection. The Joy-Con that's strapped into the pilates ring acts as your controller so you can navigate menus as if you were using a steering wheel. Both Joy-Cons manage to read your body movements with a good amount of accuracy and after a few minutes it all just feels second nature. There's a few modes to the game, you have a main campaign or you can do one-off sessions. Unlike other RPGs, you actually have to run around on the spot to explore the environment. Along the way, there's hidden coins that you can collect and use to buy power-ups later in the game. You're on a set path and enemies tend to block you and challenge you to battles, where you have to perform a mix of exercise routines to knock them out. The exercise is kind of split up nicely, so running around the environment gets you nicely warmed up, and then the enemy battles consist of yoga poses, twists, and squeezing the ring on. As you progress through the game, you can unlock new moves, get bigger and better power-ups. The story is fairly basic video game fare. You know, you're trying to restore the power of your companion who's had it stolen by the big bad, you know, a huge muscle-bound dragon who loves working out. It's kind of like a jacked-up Bowser who loves to do push-ups. The variety of workout moves will be sure to test every muscle in your body as the rincon is robust and provides a good amount of resistance. The day after my first session my arms and legs were aching and it's a good sign that this was doing some good to my body. At the end of a session you get a nice detailed report about your workout activity and it gives you a breakdown of distance travelled, how many reps you've done and the various activities. You can also take your pulse through the infrared sensor and uh, you get an estimate of your current heart rate, something which must have been pulled from that cancelled vitality sensor. The blend of RPG elements and fitness has been judged really well here by Nintendo and they sprinkled on their usual layer of Nintendo magic. Gamification of fitness isn't new, but blending the RPG and levelling up elements is fairly unique and has been executed really, really well. You'll want to come back for more, not only to keep yourself fit, but also to level up your character and help restore the magic to your ring-shaped companion. So this has been sold out everywhere for obvious reasons at the moment, what with the way the world is right now. But if you can get your hands on one, then I thoroughly recommend Ring Fit Adventure. I was curious about this before lockdown, but since the early days of March, it's provided me with valuable fitness at home at a time when I can't really go outside. The charm that Nintendo has injected is clear to see, and the exercise and the yoga routines have been made fun, engaging, and will make you want to come back for more. So what started out in my mind as a novelty game turned into a really valuable purchase in a short amount of time. So it's developed by Nintendo, it's out now for Nintendo Switch, originally released on the 18th of October 2019. I gave the game a final score of 80 out of 100. But let me know what you think of Ring Fit Adventure by signing up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames. So talking about fitness, next up I was lucky enough to have a chat with Julia Hardy, games presenter, podcaster and fitness guru, and we had a chat about a new podcast on BBC Sounds, this game changed my life as well as a workout live streams game to train she also gave me some great game and TV recommendations for lockdown and also why I should really really play The Witcher 3 so let's go over to that interview now so welcome back to this week in video games and I'm here with Julia Hardy so welcome Julia how's it going?
1: Um, good. Uh I'd like to be going outside a little bit more if I could, but other than that, totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the, the lock what, what week of lockdown are we in now? We're in like week six or seven. I'm not I can't really remember the concept of time.
1: No, um it's basically just one long day in my room. And <laughs> I don't I honestly I have no idea what's going on. Some days I just don't see anybody at all because I'm not, well, OK, so I'm not completely alone. Uh, me and uh, a neighbour of mine were spending so much time together in the run up to lockdown that we decided that basically, if one of us has it, then we both have it. So it's kind of best of both worlds. My flatmate disappeared off back home to Greece and just sort of left the flat. Uh, so I've kind of got the flat to myself. But then also there is my neighbour who I do kind of see. So it's not, I'm not horrifically overwhelmed. but yeah, I'm alone quite a lot. <laughs> I think I'm starting I, I've i you know what? I'm not even bringing up the fact anymore that I'm talking to myself because I just assume it's going to happen but what I have started noticing that I'm doing is I'm now when I'm talking to myself I'm using the term we which is a bit more concerning might try and knock that on the head if I can.
0: One good thing about lockdown is um, we've got kind of plenty of time to consume uh, media and uh, I know you've you've sort of re- fairly recently launched a new podcast on BBC Sounds i was wondering if you could um, tell us a bit about that
1: oh sure okay so it's called this game changed my life and it's uh, yeah, it's available on uh, BBC Sounds on all places you can you know find podcasts, blah blah whatever um so basically it's pretty self explanatory really we talk to people whose lives have been changed uh, forever uh, by playing a game or being involved in making games it's just Involved in games in some way. Uh, there's been one particular title that's just altered their life forever. Um, it's a really broad mix of subjects. So, you know, we've got the kind of, you know, classic stories of, you know, esports, uh, people who've like won like a bunch of money and had some drama like in their lives. Um, you know, so people who've like made video games or fled war torn countries or yeah, it really is unbelievably diverse. It's, it's such an odd mix, but that's why I like it.
0: I really liked, um, I think it was Arsino uh, talking about his, his story with NASA. That oh, was terrible.
1: Uh, he, yeah. His, right, okay. So normally when you interview someone, uh, if they use terminology that you don't understand, you usually ask them to clarify, it, right? I gave up. He was basically just talking about all these things that he, he was making things and spacecrafts and thrusters i don't know he it was english clearly but i had no idea and he was using so much terminology i had no idea what it was i was like this is going to take at least an hour uh, <laughs> if i join like get him to i'll just let him talk he's just going off on one i love it it was great
0: and uh, uh ryan's story as well like i thought was i thought was really really moving uh, That that one that one sort of almost had me in tears listening to that one
1: yeah. I mean, Ryan Hart, everybody who knows anything about fighting games knows Ryan Hart. He is, he's the boss, man. He's, he's transcended, uh, uh, age. I don't know. I mean, it's important to bring that up. I think, cause you know, a lot of esports competitors, uh, tend to be very, very young, you know, call of duty players often talk about the fact that once you get over 21, like just forget it or whatever, you know, but he transcended, he's had a really long, illustrious career over multiple games, which is unusual as well. um, And then there's this story about how when he first got into winning championships, he didn't have a place to live. He was homeless. He was literally living on the streets. And I've known Ryan a really long time. And this was, you know, it's it's an eye opening experience. You just you never truly know what's going on in the background of someone's life or in their story. I mean, we all make huge assumptions uh, about people and where they're from and what kind of life they've had. And I think it's um it's continually surprising to me that there are you know very successful people who have had still still become successful, even with some huge what you would see as disadvantages. But then, um, you know, fundamentally, he talks about it in the episode how, you know, without video games, he wouldn't be where he was today. but not only that, he 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 sort of says he he doesn't even think he would be alive because video games. Are the thing that got him through that incredibly difficult time in his life, and it went on for a number of years. It wasn't just a short period of time. He was homeless, you know. It was quite a number, a number of years. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's just mind blowing. And he's a great guy, anyway. He's, he's got his really good perspective uh, on kind of how everything happened and how it all sort of worked out. But yeah, it was an amazing story.
0: So talking, um, talking about kind of video games getting you through difficult moments because i i I still find when i say to people that i play video games they they still sort of look down their nose at me a little bit and as if i should be sort of reading books or you know going to the opera or you know whatever um but this you know obviously the 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 times that we're living in is um you know you kind of need something like video games to get you through we were talking about sort of Video games supporting Ryan, getting him through his mm. tough time. Yeah, I think we're all we're all in a bit of need of that at the moment.
1: Um, agreed, and I also think that um, I think this is going to be quite a, a pivotal moment for gaming in a lot of sense because whilst I think people would have come into uh, lockdown with that potentially that perspective on gaming, uh, I think a lot of people are going to realise how important gaming is and what it can bring uh, into their lives. After there's only so much TV you can watch before you're like tear out my eyeballs i can't stand. i just don't want to do this anymore you know whereas with video games like we like we know i mean lockdown schmock whatever right i could easily like if they brought out cyberpunk 2077 right now i would literally i wouldn't even know that lockdown had happened yeah i would have just been indoors playing it anyway you know because it's engaging and it's exciting uh, and i think a lot of people are going to come out of the other side of lockdown realizing that so i think it's gonna i think there's gonna be a shift a cultural shift in um in how people look at it and certainly in how it's been reported as well. I, I noticed someone put a couple of uh, articles side to side, I think from, I don't know, one of the the, the red top papers, you know, gaming causes violence or something, it was so, something along those lines. It was a negative article yeah. uh, about video games. And then next to it now, it's like, Oh, what games, you know, can uh, prove to like lift your spirits or whatever. Yeah. So people's, you know, even the papers are starting to shift their yeah. um, shift their perspective on that, which is good about time.
0: I don't know if anyone has asked you this, question before but in sort of relation to your your podcast Mm -hmm. I mean have you got a game that changed your life
1: um not in the same way in terms of like the interviews we've got I mean we're talking about people who have been through some really extreme situations uh and periods in their life and it is a singular game that has totally shifted it I've obviously like everyone I've had games Ah, uh, through the course of my growing up who have changed my perspective or got me into games, I think probably most recently, and you were just touching upon this here about how games can really save you and help you help get you, uh, through periods in your life. Um, so like my, my family situation has been a little bit, uh, messy, like my dad has terminal cancer, my mom has Alzheimer's, there's a whole lot, bunch of stuff going on. Right. Um, and one of the things that I noticed um, after my dad getting diagnosed was I felt I really struggled to um to play video games. And it it became very difficult because obviously it's my job and it's my passion. And I think some I think sometimes when you're very sad, it will naturally take away the thing that brings you joy. And I really struggled with games. Like I'd have to almost force myself to sit down and play them. And you know, this is my job. It's supposed to be my passion. And I just sort of kind of fought through that because I was like, I will find that again. But I just don't feel it now. But it just, it just went on for a really long time. It was, it, honest, I'm not even kidding. It was a genuine life struggle. Um, and then it was um, beginning of last year when things really kicked off with my mum. My dad got really sick. His cats came back. Uh, they were going to put my mum in a home. There was, like, all of this stuff going on. Like, I can't even, it would take the entire podcast to explain the the the, the complete colossal, like, <laughs> you know, when it's like this happens and then that happens and then it's like a ludicrous drama of events happened. And I was experiencing so much stress, uh, like like the likes of which I've never experienced before in my life for, for like a sustained period, like weeks on weeks. I had like stomach pains and cramps. I was so stressed all the time, put it that way. And it was when I um, it's when I um, ended up uh, starting to play God of War. And I was like, and I was on a BAFTA jury and I was playing it for the jury. I was sort of going through the same thing where I felt like, oh, it's gonna be a real struggle for me to get through this game because the joy has gone and I, and I, you know, because of all the stuff that was happening in my life and it's something funny happened, something just clicked with that particular game where the knot in my stomach disappeared. And it was the first time, honestly, in weeks, I didn't feel like almost like, like this, I've never experienced stress where I've had a stomach pain the constantly the whole time. Um, and it went away and I started playing the game and I played it more and i wanted to play it and it was easy to play it and it was i was enjoying it and it wasn't it was it was such an odd it was a really powerful experience for me because i'd struggled for so long to really get into games again i know this sounds crazy this is my job you know after playing that game it just it was so it basically it gave me my love back for gaming it brought it back in this massive like waterfall like cascade of emotion of the how i used to feel about games before all of this stuff happened and kind of stripped me of the kind of joy in my life and i and i can talk about it now because i'm through it and i and through this whole period i'd never really talked to anyone about it because it sounds crazy like i would cry when i talk about it because i couldn't play games and i couldn't find that love for games you know, because it's, it's my life, it's my job, and I knew it was my passion. But, yeah, to sort of be in that situation was odd. And I don't think anyone who didn't know games could fully understand how upsetting it is to not be able to do the thing that you love the most and love it. It's it's weird. Anyway, so in answer to your question what that I've explained within a 40-minute uh, soliloquy, was, was God of War really just... God of War um, reignited my love and passion for games when life had basically stripped it away from me. If, I mean, I think the, probably the only person I really spoke to a little bit about it was um, Jane Douglas, who's like a... Like, she's one of my best friends. Um, uh, you know, she does um, outside Xbox, like the YouTube channel, and, and used to do stuff for um, uh, Xbox and things like that. Um, and I would sometimes, like... Message her because I'd like really try to get in games or I get or get frustrated. I actually one time had to get her to help me in a game. Like I gave her my save profile because I just couldn't, I couldn't get past this point in this game, and I just didn't have, um, I didn't have the patience and the drive to do it. I just couldn't because I just didn't have anything left in me bless her she like downloads my game safe and all it was was just like some weird platformy jump in destiny that I just could not get my head around and it was so frustrating and she like did it she was like to be fair it was really difficult but like I did do it and I was like oh my god I've I've, like never in my life asked someone to help me with a game like that you could tell I was going through some stressful emotional times
0: the the jumping puzzles in destiny can be pretty hardcore I'm just
1: I'm just not a platformer I, there's something about jumping that my brain does not like, like it hates it, like even in like really old school platformers, I'm like, it's stupid. This jump is stupid. I don't know. It brings out the four year old, like aggressive toddler in me. I don't know what it is.
0: I mean, how can how can people if if, if they haven't heard of the uh, so this game changed my life? um how how can they uh, get hold of it?
1: So if you go to BBC Sounds, which is um, it's not region uh, locked in anyway. So actually, if you're listening to this anywhere in the world, you can listen to the podcast on there and just literally just type in this game changed my life. And there'll be this really weird picture of me and Efa uh, pop up uh, looking like uh, GTA characters. That's the one. That so-
0: illustration is awesome.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um we went through like a, a few different designs of that, but um yeah. Eva I complain because I think I look too like Mwah! and Eva complains because she thinks she looks too serious. And it looks like she's judging my I don't know, it's funny. It's a funny juxtaposition of faces. I wanted
0: to move um slightly away from your your new podcast and on to game to train, if that is okay. Oh yeah, sure, sure. And uh so you've been You've been doing um, uh, weekday training sessions uh, called Game to Train. You're live streaming. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that.
1: I have had the idea for Game to Train since the inception of Xbox One, right? In, in in not in its fullest form of what it is now, but this has been in the back of my mind as something I wanted to do since the launch of Xbox One. So I'm a very slow starter. I didn't do anything for a really long period of time, but. Um, basically uh i got to the point where i was like i keep thinking about this and i've had this book and i kept writing things down and it's you you sort of think like life is going to make something happen but actually it never does you honestly just have to carve out time in your diary and i was like well i'm either just going to stop thinking about this or i'm going to do it because it's annoying so about um i think it was like summer last year maybe end of summer last year i was like right okay shut up julia you're either going to do it you're not so i basically set aside um an hour in the morning every day. I so I just do an hour. Whatever I do in an hour is fine, but it's just do an hour every day. Uh, and basically, the concept um, is a uh, a workout program that's designed for gamers. And that sounds really stupid, like, oh, why well, are gamers, like, really different? Do they, like, have different knees? Which was what someone sort of said to me. And I was like, no, it's not. It's basically, the, the concept is that all of the routines are designed around different game character types. Because fundamentally, each of the different types of characters you get in different games uh, illustrates different type of fitness and different type of workout programs. So you have someone like an adventurer, like a Nathan Drake or a Lara Croft, that's kind of jack of all trades. You know, there's a little bit of plyometrics, a little bit of jumping in there. There's a little bit of fighting, but like nothing too specific. And it's kind of sort of general kind of fitness. And then you have like an assassin character, which is... Not about punching someone in the face. It's about being very quick, being very light on your feet, being very silent. So it's all kind of speed and agility and like elements of parkour and things like that. And then you have Super Soldier, which is kind of the precursor to like lifting heavy weights at the gym. So it's more about kind of like bulking up and about kind of tempo and time under tension. And anyway, like this or or like even like the knight character, which is just pure endurance. You've got to kind of you're wearing wearing a really heavy lot of armor uh, and you just got to keep going. See that field, you just got to march through it. I'm sorry, you can't just stop or whatever. You just got to keep going. Um, So I picked these like four characters that I thought were the most kind of important. Those four I just discussed. And I designed uh, not only sort of how the how the structure of the workout would sort of be relevant to the character, but also the moves. So I basically designed bespoke moves for all of the characters, which was one of the funnest things ever, because basically I would watch playthroughs of games and be like, ooh, what kind of move could I do with that? Ooh, I could do a bit like this. I'm going to call it something funny. Uh, (laughs) It's basically that. So um, I have all these different characters. Um, Each of the workouts is designed for everybody. So uh, the way that the workouts are put together is like, uh, there's uh, 10 minutes, each with 60 seconds uh, for each of the moves. So there's only 10 moves in each workout. Um, so if you just wanted to do 10 minutes, you could do 10 minutes. But then there's like a leveling system within it. So depending on how long uh, and how long you can do the moves, you have a different level. So it basically means that everybody, no matter what your fitness, can work out at the same time. Uh, and I'm very clear about the fact that it doesn't really matter what level you're at. It's about what level you improve to. So you could start at like a level one and go to a level two, and that's great. Or you could start a level three and go to a level four, and that's also great, if you see what I mean. Um, I just wanted to make it fun because all the fitness stuff I've seen has always been a bit like, if you log into any app, it's always like, what would you like to do? Would you like to, A, lose weight, B, build muscle, C, maintain? And you're like, I don't do any of those things. I want to I be fricking Nathan Drake. Where's the button for that? Like, you know, I don't want to just, these things are boring. Don't just tell me to do 30 seconds of burpees. Why am I doing them? Why am I doing the burpees? How is this going to possibly help me in life? So the idea is, is to make you as like the video game characters as possible, basically. So not only in the fitness and the moves and how, like it's they, they call it functional fitness. I mean, all fitness is functional, but it's more about showing how this would actually benefit you in life so in terms of branding the moves and how we do them and sometimes they're kind of compounded together like a couple of things together um it shows you how this is actually going to help you and make you more like that character in real life and then the next level of this is like I have weird little side quests where I make people go off on adventures as well because it's all about being like the video game character um but yeah so I've been doing this and then um obviously lockdown happened and uh I didn't really anticipate to do a whole bunch of live classes, it was not really, it's not really what I imagined I'd be doing. Um, I thought I was just going to make an Instagram page with cool stuff on it, but I was like, screw it, let's just do some live classes. So I started them, and at the end of this week, it will be six weeks I've been doing live classes at like eight a.m. in the morning, um, Monday to Friday, and it's been great. And it's been great to test it out. It's been great to get all this kind of live feedback from people, like things they hated, things they loved, uh, what characters they liked. Um, I did like a little two-week adventure, uh, like whole routine together so people could like test it out over a period of time. And um, yeah, I just streamed it on uh, Instagram and um, on YouTube and now on uh, Twitch. And I've kind of saved all of the VODs on um, onto YouTube because let's be honest, not everyone wants to get up at 8 a.m. and work out with uh, a psychotic woman in a crop top. <laughs> I mean some people do, but not everybody.
0: That sounds awesome. So how can how can um people uh get involved if they if they want to?
1: Okay, so um if you you can follow me on YouTube, which is just uh, youtube.com obviously uh forward slash it's Julia Hardy, so like it's Julia Hardy. Um that's actually the same for all of my socials. So um You can uh, go and follow me on Twitter and I'll post stuff on there. Uh, Game to Train itself has its own Instagram. It's just at Game to Train uh, and the same for Twitter. So um, I'll be updating that with kind of like when things are happening and like what's kind of going up. I'm currently in the process of making the entire move deck, which is an oh, my God. I mean, I know, like, not a lot is going on, but geez, it's been long winded. So it means that I've been filming all of the moves for all of the characters. And then I basically have to kind of design them, trim them, cut them, uh, and then put their like names on them so that I can start creating like um, workout decks that I can then put up on Instagram. It's been very long. It's been nice. like a really long period of time, and and I did shoot some like way back when, but I was like, I don't like the quality. I'm such a snob, so I want to reshoot all these. And um, I did it. <laughs> I did it a couple of weeks ago, and just for fun, I like put on my watch, my uh, to like just see. It was like three hours of shooting one day, and that was only that was only like a character and a half or something. Um, but because I was repeating the moves and making sure that they were correct and that I liked the way that it was shot, I think I burned like eight hundred eight hundred ninety two calories. Um wow. and that great. was not, not including the workout in, in the morning. That was I think it was also because I was exhausted because I'd done the class in the morning <laughs> and then was doing all of this other hit stuff for three hours. Don't recommend. Just stick 30 hours. Honestly, the whole point of hit is that it's quick. You don't do three hours of hit. It's insane. I basically fell asleep the entire weekend. It's like <laughs> my entire body had just given up. Yeah. Cause like the point of hit is, you know, you get in, you get out. Um Actually, one of them, um, one of uh, the girls who's been doing it, Mel, she uh, she's amazing. She um, she's basically upgraded from a level two to um, a level four. And a level four is where you do like the whole minute for all of the moves, for all of the workout. And that's insane. That's great. I struggle with that. Um, so, yeah, it's been um, it's been amazing to kind of see that happen and people kind of really get into the spirit of it and imagine themselves as the characters. It's been um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad I did it. It was such an accident thing to do and then it's just been one of the best things that's come out of it so far I think
0: oh fantastic and it's you can tell uh, it... I
1: don't talk to people during the day I'm so excited to be talking <laughs> to someone I'm like I can talk to someone I'm not just sitting alone in my flat
0: oh, I know exactly what I mean I, I I'm I'm talking to people all day on zoom through little windows and I, I sort of feel like uh The uh, I think no. I'm just
1: jealous. I don't have that many Zoom calls. I just I talk to myself. Clearly, it's I'm gonna be so weird. By the time they come out, they're gonna (laughs) break down the door. I'm gonna have like a beard. There's gonna be like a weird fort made out of like sofa cushions with like old yogurt pots in it or something. I don't know.
0: At least you'll be in good shape. So
1: this is true. I am working out probably more (laughs) than I would normally do.
0: (laughs) So talking of um, working out, I mean, have you have you had any experience with like fitness video games?
1: So, yes and no. I think in the same way sort of everybody kind of has. There were always a bit. I never really got into Wii Fit. It wasn't really my thing. I didn't want to be told that I was too old. Shut up. Um, I'm kind of I, I tell you what one that actually I did recently that I thought was like one of the best workouts and actually was unbelievable fun and they really really smashed it was um beat saber mm. i think it's um i think it's the longest i've ever done vr normally you know with vr you have to like stop every like level or so and kind of just take it off and like have a sit down and then go yeah. back into it and you're kind of really aware of the time you're spending in the game that Oh my God. I, like, I think I played for, like 45 minutes straight. I like took the thing off. Like the whole thing was all like, wet inside. I had to like get a towel. I was like, <laughs> this is so unbelievable. This is the perfect fitness game because also it's not, oh, hey, we're making a fitness game, uh, which always is a bit rubbish. It's like, you know, when they make video games that like teach you things and you're like, yeah. stop trying to make me learn. I know what you're doing. <laughs> um, whereas like, um, you know, with Beat Saber, it's just great. It's just fun. Um, and honestly, yeah, it's it's a great old workout. That um, it's it's like the, it's basically the perfect VR game. It's perfect. It's so good.
0: I'm quite quite new to VR myself. Like when lockdown started, I was kind of like umming and ahhing about mm. Half Life Alex. Oh yeah. And um, I was like, oh you know, if I'm gonna be inside for all this time, I may yep. as well yeah. you know, spank some money on um, a VR unit. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, I haven't got Beatsaver yet though, so I'll I'll check it oh, out. Oh
1: man, seriously, it's so good and also like VR can especially when it's like narrative it can be quite intense. And um, um what did I what was I playing? Uh Blood and Truth. I really liked it. I thought it was quite fun. Uh, that's like PSVR. Um I think there's something about yeah, it's, it's London Studio. There's something about like being interrogated where someone is acting right in front of your face, yeah. and like it, it still had a few little problems with it being a little bit glitchy at points, and it wasn't the smoothest ride. But oh my goodness, when they start nailing that down, like it's weird. It's so weird when they're coming like right up to you in your face, uh, and and you know saying stuff to you, and you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna look up his nose. Um, it's crazy. It's 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 unbelievable. But I mean, I remember, um, actually, it was one year um, at E3, um, London Studio had done the demo, which was taken, actually, from part of that game, which was um, this car chase where um, you're, like, in this van and uh, you're a passenger and, basically, people come up and they're trying to shoot you and you have this, like, uh, SMG and you're basically just pointing and shooting at them and you're reloading by kind of loading the clip in the bottom. And it's a very simple premise. If you say, say it out loud, you're in a car, you're being chased by some stuff and you shoot at it, and you're like, that sounds super boring like that's like every other crap game whatever but it was the first time kind of doing it in vr and they made the kind of reload function really great and and being able to point and shoot someone where they are like as you would with like a gun uh, it, it's the power fantasy that like we signed up for that's what i wanted to do is to feel like a badass i don't want to use a controller and feel stupid i know i'm stupid and i'd suck at this in real life i want to be really good that's the point, and. um Yeah, I just remember sort of playing that level and being like, wow, okay, this makes, this has completely sold me on VR. Like if they can get this right where it just feels easy and it's actually intuitive, actual real intuitive controls, then brilliant. I'm so in for it because the controller is, let's be honest, terrible. It's a terrible way to interact with a machine. Why are those buttons there? I mean, we know that it's crouched because you've pressed that button a million times before, but to anyone else, if you're having to explain it, it's not great. And like, I'm not pleased. I'm not. I'm not like poo-pooing like controllers because I do love them. And but unfortunately, we're kind of stuck in this way of interacting that's just. It just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all.
0: One of, one of the things I was really impressed with recently was, uh, um, and kind of tying back to fitness, oh, yeah. was on the Nintendo Switch. Um, yeah. I've I managed to somehow bag myself a version of Ring Fit Adventure. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh yeah it's really cool so you do like a you do a little workout session and then you can put your thumb over the infrared camera and it will read your pulse
1: oh nice is that, but how accurate is that
0: i don't know i haven't got anything to
1: compare I mean, it's, it to it's not, yeah.
0: <laughs> it might just all be you need
1: to like wear a watch at the same time they were actually like <laughs> watches to be honest with you are not that um and not that accurate i mean some are and some aren't i think the 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 ones that you think will be accurate are accurate and the ones that you think that aren't going to be accurate aren't if you, if you get me. Um, yeah. But you know, to be honest with you, for me, it's more just about, I like to catalog my workout so that I know that I've got them and I've got like a history of them. Um, but also it does give you like a rough idea. Although there is something very frustrating if you're doing really high intensity workouts and it thinks that you're like 80 BPM and you're like <laughs> dying on the floor. You're like, shut up. Watch. You don't know what I've been through. You're shit. Why would you just, yeah, that can be frustrating. <laughs> Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's more about just getting like a rough, rough idea of what's kind of going on. I mean, anyone who's getting into fitness, there's a really simple sort of rule of thumb in terms of working out what your heart rate is doing and, and how your body is doing. Um, and it's, it's the talking test. So, um, if you're kind of a there's a sort of thing where like you can kind of, if you can uh, say you're like jogging and you can hold a conversation, you're obviously at a much lower sort of uh, BPM. And then the more you're sort of like, perhaps you can't say a full sentence uh, without having to sort of take a breath. And then there's the other one where you just can't talk. Mm. And those are kind of the three stages that you look at anyway, in terms of like what your body is doing. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you sort of know what's happening.
0: That's
1: cool. Or you should do. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're like, <laughs>
0: oh,
1: there's probably well, about ninety BPM. No, it's not. No, it's
0: not. I, I definitely recommend um, checking out your workout routines uh, for everyone out there who's interested in sort of keeping fit whilst in in lockdown. Um, and uh, so, have you got any? Have you got any games that are kind of helping you through uh, lockdown? I, I sort of hate that phrase, lockdown, but I, I keep using it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Um, <clears throat> so, what I doing? The weekends in the morning, I'm just doing a little bit of Animal Crossing, but I'm not really heavily getting into it. Uh, in the, like I'm not like dedicating hours and hours. I tend to just do it for like a couple hours in the morning, and then I'm like okay, I'm done. Um, uh, and I don't know. I don't know if I really want to get that deep into the whole turnip thing. I just I don't know. I'm I'm not very good with money. I'll probably make some terrible decision and lose it all somehow. Uh, like life uh so i'm also playing um breath of the wild that's like my, that's like my weekend game when i just want to play something that just makes me really happy and really chill and lovely and then i'm uh, working through final fantasy 7 remake as well and that's also oh. making me really happy but that's like my that's like my weekday game and then i play yeah. zelda as like a treat on the weekend i'm trying to yeah. i'm also trying to do the same with them um, netflix so there's a couple of series that i was trying to get through I was trying not to binge on so that I can have something to look forward to like special on the weekend so formula one uh, drive to survive is incredible i have been really good about just watching one episode and then stopping
0: time doesn't matter anymore so time
1: (laughs) doesn't exist anymore we have no effect on the space-time continuum nothing we do will have any consequence consequences in the future or the past I hadn't watched the Mandalorian so I actually dug that out and I loved it. It was so good. And I did the same thing where I was like, it's what I watch on a Sunday morning. I watched my one episode. Actually to be fair, I watched two. I couldn't I couldn't restrain myself with just one. So I'd watch like two on the weekends. And it was yeah, it was just the kind of wholesome Star Wars y thing I really, really needed, you know.
0: It's like a it's like a c kind of cowboy story, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's so good. And I hate cowboy stories. Mm. Like I like I really hate them. Um and e- even
0: just... city slickers. <laughs>
1: I didn't get on with City Slickers. I, mean, I, I think I've watched it, but I just, there's something about the whole cowboy story that I just, I don't yeah. care. Like, I yeah. just don't care. There's I don't think there's anything cool about it. There's nothing that kind of attracts me to it. You know, when you're like a badass space adventurer cowboy, it's cool because you're a space adventurer cowboy. That's yeah. fine. But the whole kind of Wild West era that, I don't know, it just doesn't speak to me in that way. And I wish it did. I really wish it did, because there's a whole lot of stuff out there that's really cool that I would love to like, but uh, yeah, I just can't, I just don't think it's cool. Did, did you play
0: through Red Dead Redemption 2?
1: Yeah, but I struggled with it. I mean, you know, there was other stuff going on that made it also difficult for that, as I yeah, did yeah, before, but like, um, but also, I found it really hard, because I just don't like the cowboys. <laughs> I just don't like them. I really want to like them, and I really, really wanted to get, like, super into it, but I was like, I just, oh, I don't know what it is, and you know, I feel like it's something that I should like. You know, they're out in this kind of place. You know, you're like sleeping under the stars. You're like your your own law, your own whatever. You can take jobs and da. Why don't I like this? I like this in every other version of it. Why don't I like it in this one? I don't know what it is. It's weird.
0: Are there, um, are there any games you're looking forward to in, in the rest of 2020?
1: I mean, it's just going to be The Last of Us 2, although I'm going to cry a lot and I mean, wait, Cyberpunk, it's not even going to Is it going to be this year? It is going to be this year, isn't it? Yes. I hope
0: so. Yeah. I think it's I mean, September or something.
1: Well, that's what I thought. But then I thought, like, that doesn't, I don't feel like it's going to happen. I don't know why. I'm just like, I know I read that it was September, but I feel like, anyway, I'm going to be positive that Cyberpunk, 100%. And it's, it's, you know, CD Projekt Red. I'm obsessed with The Witcher like obsessed with it it's my all-time favorite game of all time ever like the the wild hunt sometimes i just turn it on and just walk around if i just need to calm myself <laughs> i don't know why there's something i mean really you know the witcher is a bit like a cowboy it's almost exactly the same but it's just like he's in a fantasy environment do you know what i mean wandering around sleeping under the stars a man and lore unto himself blah 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 it's just less
0: I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna admit something. I haven't played The Witcher Three.
1: Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> How have you not? Did you play any of the others?
0: No, I. I for some reason, it passed me by. Like, okay, um,
1: you could look. You can still go back to it, even though it's older. Yeah. Honestly, it is. It's the epitome of a perfect RPG, right? Yeah. You know when you play Skyrim and all that sort of jazz and you know, you're kind of going around and everything you can, you can feel when it's a fetch quest, you can yes. feel the, the, the game systems, you can kind of see them working. Uh, and then you sort of turn up and there's like a bunch of text and you're like, read it and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. The Witcher is this amazing way of like, the world is so incredibly populated. So let me just um hold this up to Red Dead, right? In Red Dead, there's no, in two, there's no point getting off your horse. There's none like, yeah, yeah. okay. The world's big, but there's nothing in it. With The Witcher, I would get off my horse all the time. I'd be like, look at that weird tree. I'd go over there. What's over there? Ah, oh, there's like a dead body under the tree. Oh, there's a key or there's like a note and it links to like this other cave thing and there's a cave over there and then there's this other thing and then there's a tower up here. Bet there's something good up there. So i just wander around on foot because there was just so much stuff to look at and see and the world was just so fully populated. And then sometimes you'd find something in it or there'd be this really innocuous stupid fetch quest not that you would ever really realize that it was a fetch quest because it's kind of dressed up in story in like a really nice way um and then suddenly the the story would just it'd be something stupid and then it turned into this whole other storyline that you just never would have thought to kind of follow it through even though it seemed like a really like bullshit quest basically and then there's this whole other story that's just kind of come out of it and it, it was just surprising all the time and even though I, I never felt like I could see the game working, you know, it never felt like that. It just felt like I was fully in this world with all of these people. It just felt so fleshed out and so real and so exciting. And there was just something always going on and there was always something to see and always something to explore. And I wanted to go to those places. Whereas Red Dead, it was just like, okay, let's go to this place now. And then this bit is here da, da, da. And I'll go off and do this thing. Da, da. But like, anytime I got off my horse, I was like, why? This is stupid. I've well, got off my horse, I'm just gonna walk around in nothing.
0: I'm gonna to admit to something else as well that I it's actually sitting on my
1: shelf. Honestly, this is The Witcher Three is the most if you haven't played it, is the most perfect game for lockdown because you'll start off, you'll be like, oh God, this seems a bit complicated. And then suddenly it clicks. And it is just incredible. Like the voice acting is amazing. Doug Cockle is brilliant. I love him to bits. He's an amazing voice actor. He's a guy who plays, plays The Witcher. Uh, everyone else within it, like, it just make it so real. You love him. He's such a great character. He's just so morose and sort of moody, and they sort of pull it out, and they have fun with it, and they turn it on its head, and there's dark moments. There's moments you have to make big decisions. It's got everything you could possibly want, and honestly, you'll suddenly realize that lockdown ended like three weeks ago, and you didn't even know because you're just so in it.
0: Now is now is the time.
1: I think, I think. you should really play it. It's, it's one of those games that I hate being this person. It's one of those games that as a gamer, you really should have experienced and played to some degree. Yeah, just because, Just because it is so good. And even now I'm still like, it's like my favorite game. And years later, it was like, it was utterly perfect. And not just because, you know, sometimes you just play a game at a time in your life and it has that nostalgia attached to it. But there are, you know, a few things that could be better about it. It's not that, it's just a a really fantastic, well-rounded, incredible game. And that's why I'm so excited about Cyberpunk because if it's got like even 50% of what they accomplished with The Witcher, it's gonna be spectacular. Like, and I trust them implicitly. I trust them implicitly to make it good because they are so passionate about it and so passionate about making the game good. And they know the sort of weight that they have on their shoulders, but they don't strike me as people that are gonna buckle under that pressure.
0: I mean, now would be the perfect. I think it was originally slated for the middle of April.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, and then, um, but then you know, I don't, I don't want them to release it if it's not going to be perfect. There's yeah, no point, true. you know. Like anyone who keeps moaning about it, I would rather they took their time, didn't destroy their staff, and just got it done properly and released it when it was ready, you know.
0: The the whole. Um... Because the, the fallout of the Naughty Dog uh, leaks this week as well. With I think uh... I've
1: avoided it. I don't know yeah. anything.
0: Uh, me neither. I'm, I'm sort of I've set loads of sort of keywords on Twitter to to avoid avoid that sort of stuff. But it's uh, it's uh, I think that's actually got a release date now. I think it's um, is it yeah They June? did a
1: countdown. Yeah, yeah, June, June. They did a countdown of like they were like it's a hundred and something days or whatever. Anyway, yeah. I I, I don't really pay attention because I think like when it's definitely set then I'm going to really get excited. I'm not going to put my hopes onto a particular time until I know it's definitely happening, like in the run-up. And there's no point getting excited now because, you know, they might push it back or whatever. I don't think they will now. But, um, you know, when you're excited about a game, I don't let myself get excited until it's like the final furlong.
0: That is the worst thing, like waiting waiting for something to come out. I, I had that with Final Fantasy recently, where I was really, really, really... Um, wanted to play it on release day. I ordered it. I had a physical copy coming. And, no, that was an
1: error straight away. I know,
0: I know.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Just never never order physical copies. Yeah, always get screwed. Just don't do it. And also, can I just say, just don't pre-order because yeah. this is the problem. They end up making terrible decisions based on the fact that they've got these pre-orders and stuff like that. I think you're better off just get yourself a digital copy on release. Wait till you hear the reviews and stuff like that as well just because otherwise people tend to get bit shafted with uh, the pre-order stuff well
0: julia I've, I've taken up loads of your time today i really i really appreciate um you sorry nothing the...
1: hasn't ca- cancelled is fine like <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I, I, I yeah i really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us on this week in video games and uh, definitely recommend everyone go out there and uh, download this game changed my life um and check out game to train Um, I I don't know if you have any social media stuff you want to give a shout out before we we Um,
1: finish. um, All of my social media is basically all the same. So it's I-T-S, Julia Hardy. So like it's Julia Hardy. That's the same like on all platforms. That's my YouTube, my my Twitter, my Instagram, everything. And then Game to Train is just the same. It's just at Game to Train. Um, Like I say, uh, uh, download the podcast on BBC Sounds. um, And then, you know, go leave reviews, subscribe, all that jazz, you know, stuff.
0: Julia, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope lockdown uh, ends soon and we can sort of get back to some kind of normality. But, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: No problem at all. All right, cheers, on. Well,
0: that was me there talking to Julia Hardy, and thank you so much, Julia, for taking the time to talk to us on this week in video games. I really, really appreciate it. And once again, I definitely recommend everyone go out there, check out This Game Changed My Life on BBC Sounds, and also check out Game to Train on YouTube and Instagram. Well next up let's have a look at some changes coming to Destiny 2 rewards. Bungie has been addressing concerns in this week at Bungie for the last few weeks in an effort to be more transparent on the coming changes since Season of the Worthy didn't go down too well with fans. They have addressed the state of Trials of Osiris, the problems with bounties and their plans to change things and this week they've addressed the current state of rewards. Luke Smith has started talking to the community and you can start to feel his excitement bubbling over onto the internet. As well as the update this week related to rewards in Destiny 2, he's also been tweeting little hints and clues as to what might be coming down the line for the franchise. Luke Smith tends to stay pretty quiet when it comes to Destiny news and not engaging in community chat. However, this week he's broken his silence. Well, let's have a look at what he's been saying in this week at Bungie. So first up, we've got vanity and accessory changes. So that includes ships, ghosts and sparrows. So they're going to be adding a transmogrification feature to Destiny 2. This is going to allow players to turn their armor into universal ornaments. We plan to allow players to do this with in-game effort or silver. So this feature is in early development and is expected sometime during year 4. Each season we will deliver an aspirational pursuit for armor. So we haven't done this consistently in Destiny 2. And this armor will come from activities and not the season pass or eververse. As an example, we removed the Eververse armor from Season 11 and itemized it into an aspirational activity because this is the right thing to do for the game and this is an extension or perhaps a full implementation of a system that we have in the game right now. So a full transmog system is going to allow us to apply the look and feel of any armor piece to something else with better stat rolls. So we've got a partial implementation of this at the moment but this looks like it's going all out and it's going to allow us to transform all of our looks and not be restricted to the armor pieces that Bungie wants us to use allowing us the freedom to completely customize the visuals of our guardians. Finally, this is great news. The interesting part here is in-game effort or silver. So maybe we have to kill, like I don't know, a thousand scorn or perhaps there's a fast track system through silver, maybe a few pounds or a few dollars or something like that. It's good to get more detail about this feature as it's hard to judge at this early stage, but it's definitely a good thing that we can earn it in the game for all those new light players out there. You know, I don't really mind slinging Bungie a few extra dollars here and there as Destiny provides me with thousands of hours of entertainment but I think having that choice to do it in the game or purchasing it is absolutely crucial. Final point to mention here that this is in early development so we probably shouldn't expect this during this calendar year I'd say. I'd imagine it's probably going to be a season 13 or 14 feature. Next up let's have a look at rewards for endgame activities. So Bungie say we are improving the rewards for aspirational activities so raids, trials and dungeons. Going forward, aspirational activities will reward players with power, items, and vanity. When we build an aspirational activity, it will have at least one accessory to pursue. The team is working on adept weapons for Trials of Osiris. That one definitely caught my eye. And uh, Trials will get new armor, not reprisal, accessories, and weapons in Season 13. That's very, very exciting. Trials is going to get new armor every year. And Destiny's next raid will have brand new armor, weapons, and exotic accessories to pursue. No spoilers. So all good news there. So Bungie go on to say beginning in season 12, we will no longer be selling ships, ghost shells, sparrows or armor ornaments in Eververse that are visually based on the themes from aspirational activities. We're not planning on changing existing items as that's the time we could be spending on itemizing the future. So that totally makes sense. Trials changes are much needed with the introduction of adept weapons. This really is a feature that should have been there from the start as players need reasons to go flawless week after week. I fully expect if there's going to be a new raid for there to be new weapons and armour to go along with this anyway. Too many times we've seen items in Eververse that look similar to the current theme of the season. A recent example of this would be the ornament for Air Apparent, and it looks really, really cool. Um, And you can also trace it back to something like the Whisper of the Worm ornament from that secret mission. I understand Bungie's point of view, you know, they're a business. Uh, They're recently severed from Activision and working at making it on their own. Over the past 12 months, or so, I don't really mind paying a few extra dollars or pounds for armor although it is pretty rare so given the value they're providing to me for a 10 dollars update per season however there has definitely been too much in eververse often the coolest looking stuff and the fact that they're bringing out ships ghost shells and sparrows and having them in game much like the ship from the shattered throne that's a really really good move bungie must be moving into a new financially secure place where we're almost 12 months removed from the activision split so there seems like good indications there from bungie so far so good well next up let's have a look at core activity rewards and this is something that we mentioned in the last video looking at the problems with bounties a few days ago so Bungie say we're adding a new set of armor for the core playlists so strikes gambit and crucible this armor shares a set of new geometry with decals and shaders specific to the activity we will create new sets like this each year so year four year five year six and that's really interesting in itself Uh, This set will arrive alongside the next expansion, and I think that is the first time that Bungie have mentioned the word expansion in an official update. So it's all been kind of rumour. You know, we've all assumed that a full expansion is coming, but that's really nice to see that Bungie is specifically mentioning that word. So Bungie go on to say, starting in Season 12, we're adding new Pursuit weapons each season. So this weapon can be earned by playing a preferred core playlist. This weapon will have activity-specific legendary skins and can be unlocked in each playlist. We will no longer be selling new legendary weapon ornaments in Eververse. This is very, very good news. So there's a few things here. Bungie adding more value to core activities with specific loot. We haven't had a vendor refresh for a while now as new armor and weapons have been focused on the seasonal activities like Sundial, Seraph Towers or Vex Offensive so we're badly in need of a vendor refresh and the fact that we're going to be getting specific loot for these core activities is great. Back in Destiny 1, this was a semi-regular occurrence although, to be honest, I might be looking through rose-tinted glasses here. New Pursuit weapons news is really, really exciting although we're not going back to the 3-pinnacle weapon system from before. That's probably unreasonable expectation setting there right now. I'm hoping that we go back to truly unique and powerful weapons like Recluse and Mountaintop Game changing weapons where you can really, really feel the power, you know. Pointing the stag, it was a reasonable attempt at making a bow a ritual weapon, but I'm sure, like many of you out there, I just got this for the chase and then kind of simply put it away in my vault. If you think about pursuit weapons in the context of sunsetting, which obviously has to be done right, we could be about to see some interesting and powerful weapons coming in to shake up the sandbox. The final point here, Luke refers to Year 4, Year 5, and Year 6. So we could be seeing Destiny 2 continue beyond the short term. Folks have been speculating about Destiny 3 and when that's coming. And I'd say this sentence here indicates Destiny 2 is sticking around for the foreseeable future. And DMG actually came out afterwards, uh, I think in reaction to a tweet from Microsoft to say Destiny 2 was going to be on the next generation consoles. So it would be really interesting to see what uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X uh, does with Destiny 2. So hopefully, at minimum, we're going to get 60 FPS and uh, uh, changes to the field of view to bring it in line with PC. And hopefully, hopefully we'll get cross-play too. Finally, we've got news about Bright Dust and Engrams, so Bungie say we're making it easier for you to earn Bright Dust. We're going to be moving away from the character-specific ways to earn Bright Dust and more towards account-specific paths. This change is geared towards giving one-player characters significantly more Bright Dust than they earn today. And we're updating the Bright Engrams to be more relevant. And the earned Bright Engram in the season pass will be updated to include various Year 3 Eververse items previously sold for Silver and Bright Dust. And going forward, that Bright Engram will update each season to include Eververse items from three plus seasons prior. Again, all good news. Easier ways to earn Bright Dust to get all those items currently in Eververse, making it easier for players with only one Guardian to earn Bright Dust. I don't have any stats to back this up, but I'd imagine many new players only have one Guardian, so making this process easier makes a lot of sense. In conclusion, this is probably one of the most significant This Week at Bungie updates seen in some time. So Bungie is essentially nerfing Eververse, and rightly so. This has become a continuous point of negative feedback from the community, with many of the best cosmetic items in the game found in the store. This made sense, you know, for the first year while Bungie were finding their feet apart from Activision, but it's great to see these changes and the winding back of the in game transactions in favour of earning them through core game activities. Adding more value and replayability to Strikes, Crucible, Gambit, Raids, and Dungeons. Makes total sense at the moment with core activities being focused on bounties and the seasonal kind of six person activities like Sundial or Seraph Towers. Adept weapons coming to Trials is a no-brainer and the fact that we've got new Pursuit weapons is really, really exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to see the three different skins that you can get for these and also what the new armor sets for Strikes, Crucible and Gambit look like. In itself, this is a small piece of the overall puzzle of feedback we've been asking for as a community for some time. Together with the proposed trials changes and bounties reduction, this update has been welcomed with open arms by the Destiny community. The only thing left now is a trailer for the new season to get the hype machine really, really rolling. Next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. So at 10 this week we've got Forza Horizon 4, that's up one place from last week's number 11. 9 this week it's Red Dead Redemption 2, again up from 10 last week. At 8 this week Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and that stays there from last week's number 8. Number 7 this week Luigi's Mansion 3, and that's climbing the charts again from last week's number 9. Number 6 this week it's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, probably boosted by the recent DLC. And number 5 this week it's Grand Theft Auto V, and that was last week's number 5 too. Number 4 this week is our old friend Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, up from last week's number 7. I'm wondering if this is ever going to be out of the top 10. I, I don't think so. I think it might be in the top 10 until the end of time. Number 3 this week is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number 2 this week is Animal Crossing New Horizons and Animal Crossing been doing absolute gangbusters. It's uh, doing really really well and I think it's now Nintendo Switch's most successful game ever, which is unbelievable. At number one this week, it's FIFA 20 from EA Sports, um, up from last week's number two. Next up, let's have a look at what we've got coming out in the next few weeks. So on the 12th of May, we've got a few games. We've got Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, that's coming out on PS4 and Nintendo Switch. We've also got Virtuaverse, that's coming out on PC. On the 13th, we've got Deep Rock Galactic, that's Xbox One and PC. We've got Super Mega Baseball 3, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. On the 14th, we've got Best Friend Forever, that's Switch, PC and Mac. We've got Iron Fury, that's PS4, Xbox One and Switch. We've got Oddworld, Munch's Odyssey, that's coming out on Switch. Then on the 15th, we've got Dungeon of the Endless, that's PS4 and Nintendo Switch. We've got Those Who Remain, that's coming out on PS4. Then on the 19th, we got Golf With Your Friends, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and Switch. We've got Gorn, that's coming out on PSVR. Finally on the 19th we've got the wonderful 101 remastered, that's coming out on PS4, Switch and PC. Then on the 20th we've got Cannibal Cuisine, that sounds like a strange one, that's Switch and PC. And we've also got Crucible, that's coming out on PC. On the 22nd of May we've got Man Eater, that's coming out on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. We've got Saints Row, the third remaster, PS4, Xbox One, PC. Finally we've got Sword Art Online, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. So nothing really catches my eye in that list and uh, I think over the next few weeks I'm actually gonna go back and catch up on some backlog games. So I've got a finished Final Fantasy VII Remake I've got to play Last of Us before the second one comes out. After my chat with Julia Hardy, I really, really have to play The Witcher 3 as well. So don't choose small games, do I? Well, that's it for this week's episode. And if you want to get involved in the show, then do get in contact through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games. You can find loads of exclusive audio up there, extra bits and pieces, extras from interviews. And you can actually check out the full interview with Julia Hardy. There's like an extra 25 minutes uh, where we talked about travels and uh, her presenting experience. So really, really good fun if you want to check that out please do and you can always check out the latest on the website so send in your questions your comments your video game stories i'm always interested in hearing from you and i really really want to make the podcast more community focused so sign up to any tier on patreon send in your questions and your stories and i'll get them read out on the podcast so i'm also available on twitter facebook youtube and instagram so search this week in video games on your favorite platform and join in that conversation Well, thanks again for hanging out with me and chatting about video games. I hope you have a good week. I'll talk to you in a few days' time, but for now, I'll see you soon.